Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City Jazz guitarist Jeff Shirley. He grew up in Liberty, Missouri, and he is a solid part of the Kansas City jazz scene. On his latest album called Point of the Story, he performs 14 originals that mix guitar, jazz, and European jazz. Joined by Roger Wilder on piano and Rhodes, Bob Bowman on upright bass, Matt Leifer on drums, and Ryan Thielman on flugelhorn, this is a stellar lineup of cats, and he's got plenty to discuss as far as this album is concerned and his life and music. So get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. Thanks for taking a minute out to talk to me about the new album and about your life in music. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Joe. This is a real thrill. I get pretty excited um, doing these. It's one thing to play live a lot. You, you get kind of used to it sometimes, but, man, doing this, it's a real thrill. I love it. Right Thank on. you. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure, man. Before we get into your childhood, I want to kind of talk about this new album. Talk to me about the new album the point of the story, and give me an idea of how you feel about everything. Yes, uh, it just came out uh, a few days ago, and it's my uh, 14 songs uh, originals on the uh, ARC with ARC and Chris Burnett label. Uh, it's got Bob Bowman on bass, Roger Wilder on piano, Matt Leifer on drums, and even Ryan Thielman on flugelhorn on, on three tracks. I'm just really excited. It's, I'm glad to, to get something out there like that um, as musicians have to and artists in general need to have something, I think, to to kind of show people what, what you're doing, what you've been up to, and uh, it's just a real thrill. It's a it's a big uh, it's a big build up. You know, it's been a while since I, we recorded it, so it feels like it's been a little while. But it's so fun to finally share it with everyone. That is a power lineup you have on this album, though. I mean, that's that's just every single player is high caliber. Does that? How did that feel being in the studio with that much experience? Oh, it just made it so easy and fun, and you know, I, I wrote the music, and I knew um, I knew when I wrote it that they were they would, you know, put so much of themselves in the music, and they did, and they really brought the music to life. So I'm extremely grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, the creativity uh, that these guys show, and professionalism, and the experiences there, um, kind of stuff you can't learn in a day, obviously. But yeah, that was that was a, a real treat. And uh, it made it easy, it made it fun, and I'm happy with a lot of the results. I think uh, the blend was was really nice. Lots of surprises on listening back over and over again. There's even a couple times where, you know, happy accidents where me and Roger might be improvising and we kind of cross paths and, you know, maybe we hit the same note for a split second. And, you know, just all these cool things happen. It's really fun just being in the moment with them. In art, we're always trying to probe into that question of, you know, what's it all mean and, and getting closer and closer. So tell me, what is the point of the story? The point of the story is contributing, you know, trying to contribute, trying to make things better. Uh, I think it's very important people enjoy their lives. And um, I think I think that's what we should all be kind of working towards. The point of the story, you know, I, I chose that title because, you know, sometimes storytellers, if they're trying to condense everything they're trying to say, at the end of their story, they'll say, you know, the point of the story is is this. I thought that was kind of a cool, you know, some different meanings associated with it and just stories in general. You know, I also think of sometimes, uh, you know, history and how there's, you know, there's the history books and then sometimes there's the underlying what happened, what really happened. You know, we don't always know the real story. So, yeah, the point of the story, I think, is, is just trying to contribute and um, being an artist is, is a responsibility for everyone. Uh, it's not just for myself, obviously. It's just if anyone likes it, that makes my day. You know, that's... That's what really uh, that makes me really happy. But you know, so 
complex, though, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about growing up in Liberty, Missouri. What was your childhood like, and how did you get into jazz? Well, um, I played piano uh, in third grade, fourth grade, and I liked it. And um, I guess I decided to stop at some point, and then I played trumpet for a year in sixth grade. And, uh, you know, I would listen to my dad's albums or tapes, uh, pop music. Um, I would hear jazz maybe in, like, a show tune or, or a musical or, you know, around Christmas time, you hear a lot of jazz. But um, being exposed to, uh, you know, the Flying W Ranch in Colorado at an early age was fun. Uh, really cool um, jam session to have out there. Just listening to, you know, I had Michael Jackson. I had California Raisins. I had, you know, uh, The Who and, and The Beatles. And I felt like um, sometimes I would think I could predict the drum lines or whatever. I, was, I really enjoyed it. And even, you know, doing radio uh, with a friend and do a little radio uh, tape recording or something like that. And then, but, you know, my grandpa gave me a guitar um, right before I turned 13. And uh, that was exciting. I don't remember him really giving me anything else. Um, but he got, got me that guitar. It was a really bad guitar. Um, but so pretty soon we got a different one. But just really fell in love with it. I had a great teacher, Larry Beekman, and um, and so uh, really started to become fun. It, you know, I took to it pretty easily, and uh, had a great teacher. So that's a big part of it. So talk to me about your career. Once you got out of high school, what did you do, and how how do we arrive at today? I went to CMSU uh, for a little while with, and studied with Dave Aberg, and then I went to North Texas University. I um, I I just uh in, in the middle I just like I was like oh I just need a ton of competition and, you know I knew there was like 20 guitarists in the program you know and so in my mind I was like I want a ton of competition I, I really want to go to University of North Texas and so that was a great experience then I got I came back to Kansas City after that you know I had a normal somewhat normal job I was trying to like combine jazz with electronic music you know I had when I was in in Texas, you know, there was some of these early software synthesizers that you could find, and I started to make music on the computer, and that was really fun. And, you know, my fantasy, I was like, I'm going to combine jazz and electronic music. And so I spent a lot of time studying that as I slowly started to do more jam sessions. And then as I, um, and then I had a band for a couple of years, and that got me doing some improv and writing some compositions, which is so important to, to get writing. I started teaching again, and that was a, a huge change, to, to not do the kind of normal job and just get really deep into teaching. And ever since then, it's, it's really helped. It's just really built built up, and I've become a better student through teaching, and I've become a better teacher, and um, my, you know everything's become a lot more in focus and a lot more fun. It's easy to look back... Uh, as a musician or an artist, I think sometimes it's like, you feel like you grow so fast sometimes. Like, I feel like I've grown a lot, even in the past three, six months. But then sometimes you can go back and look at something, you know, 15 years ago and say, well, that sounded pretty good. Do I sound that good now? I mean, you know, there's all this kind of questioning you can go through, but um, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot right now. I'm really enjoying where I'm at and uh, just loving practicing and, and composing. So what do you try to give students as a teacher? I try to keep it fun. I try to I try to give them, you know, the right advice. You never want to steer anyone in the wrong direction. Keep it fun. You know, you almost have to do a student-by-student student basis 
everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses and what might be possible for one person might not be possible for the other person. Um, I just never want them to get down on themselves. So it's just, you know, a lot of small victories and um, it does take a long time, especially the students that are younger than 12 or 13 uh, on guitar. It, it takes, it's going to take longer for them to get into it, but I think it's resonating on a deeper level, just like how they say, you know, learning language at an early age uh, becomes so natural. A little easier if you're 12 or 13 or over. And uh, I like to incorporate just a little bit of classical. I love teaching theory, but I try not to do too much because I learn not to go too fast on that. Just give them a little bit of theory. And just, you know, if you can have a book or two where you're doing one small, you know, a couple things a week, you just keep working forwards. That's the key is just to have a really good book and kind of challenges and I just teach them you know that these challenges are good when you find a challenge congratulations um, you found something that's going to take you to the next level and it's really the more I teach the more I feel like I'm uh, like a little bit of life coaching in there is, is such a big part of it so what do you like most about being involved with the Kansas City Jazz scene and that's another reason um, you know when I I moved back to Kansas City because I knew how fruitful the scene was and, and when I was in high school I would go to Ivy's you know, and see uh, Danny Embry and Angela Hagenbach and Bob Bowman and Rod Fleeman. And I knew that was a great scene. And what I like about it is the caliber of musicians and how nice they are. We have some of the these world-class musicians. There's a lot of them. And, and there's just there's some great people here. They're really some nice people here. You know, some people, they'll take in their wing a little bit and um, getting an opportunity to work with them, you know, uh, such a great feeling and I love the, the jam sessions you know there's not many cities where you could uh, you could go to a jam session almost every night of the week and and hone your chops it's a big city but it's it doesn't swallow you up the way in another city might so there's still challenges you still have to fight for you know you still have to try to you still have to do a lot of work to get your gigs you know you have to put a lot of work in but you know when I practice, I find I get more gigs sometimes, <laughs> and uh, I just love. I, yeah, I think it's it's great. There's so many great things about it. What shows have you seen more specifically geared towards jazz that really influenced you and inspired you in your life? Seeing the Pat Metheny group, seeing Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter, the Yellow Jackets, seeing a good live show. You know, in the summertime, maybe outside. I just I love going to an outside show. Um, uh, yeah, I've, there's so many, um, so many great shows. But you know, one time I got to go to the Imaginary Day tour. Um, I think that was '97. I, I just wiggled my way up front, and he brought that Picasso guitar out, and he threw a pick, threw a pick down, and I went, man, I went for that thing so fast. Love the live music. So let's get nostalgic. If you could go back into the annals of at like '18 and Vine and the lore of Kansas City and see somebody live. Who would you want to see? Charlie Parker. I think that would be great. So many people have come through and played at the foundation, but to maybe go see Charlie Parker play at the foundation. So why do you love jazz? It's the, I love the creativity. It's the framework for expression and uh, communication. I love, you know, people on stage communicating with each other. And, it's, it's you know, it's just vibrations. People are communicating with vibrations. That's amazing to think about. And, uh, you know, the group, getting somewhere as a group, 
you know. I think that's really cool, whether it's a team of chefs or um, basketball players or um, comedians, uh, improvisers. You know, some of these comedians do the group improvisation. I love to see the similarities, and they'll have like a, a, a little subject, and they'll do a, a five or ten minute little uh, sketch on that, and they just kind of see where it goes. And they have a framework. It's a way for them to kind of play together. So keeping that childlike outlook, I think, is important. So we know you have a new album out. We know that you're teaching and you're, you're busy on a regular basis, but what does the future look like for you? I'm all about the present, like living in the present, enjoying the moment. And I think it's going to be keep on uh, escalating, keep on elevating my music. I, I want to, you know, teach more, reach out to more people. I'm, I want to make more music. Um, I just love the opportunity to get to go in the studio and make uh, original music. That was such a thrill. I just can't wait to do it again. Um, that was the best feeling. And now that I've done it, I've, I've just got so many. I learned a lot along the way. Obviously, anything is challenging. You learn a lot. Hopefully, more music, um, more gigs. I'm going to be trying to play as much as possible in, in jazz in Kansas City. And then even touring around. Uh, you know, there's some people I'm, I'm playing with. And uh, we like the idea of, you know, doing a, a week tour or a two-week tour where you kind of, you know, do a, do a day in all the surrounding cities. And so maybe just stretching out that way maybe doing more live streams or incorporating technology and uh, virtual reality uh, whenever possible. But, yeah, things like that. I got a question about your newest album. What do you want the listener to get out of this album? How do you want them to walk away from this experience? I want, you know, I want there to be maybe some ups and downs. I want it to be like a thrill ride, you know, some intense moments, some wow moments, some reflective, tensive moments and kind of end with a nice, wholesome feeling. And hopefully they come back to it a, f- a few times, give it a few listens. I just hope it grows on someone out there. I hope it grows on someone. That would be, uh, that would just be the best. Everyone has a version of who you are, your family, your friends, those that buy your music. But who do you think you are? You know, who are we? I, who was John Coltrane? You know, I think John Coltrane was more than just a saxophonist, potentially. You know, he's this individual... Just he's a powerful spirit, you know, and I think we're all musicians, but there's also the deeper connection. I think I think we're all more than just musicians and artists too, you know. That's we tuned into that frequency really well. That's great. I'm a jazz guitarist uh, from Kansas City, keeping things on the positive side of things and just working on growing. Uh, we all have you know the thoughts in our mind, especially you know artists. Just getting rid of that ego. If, if a negative thought enters my brain, I just, I ignore it. I'm just getting better at ignoring the silly stuff and, you know, just letting those pass. I'm just trying to be the best person I can be. I'm trying to just give back. You know, I feel like um, I'm here to serve to some extent. So if anybody wants to catch you live, where can they go and catch you? Well, uh, April 13th, there's a big release party gig at the Black Dolphin at 9 p.m. I uh, play at YJ's. Every Sunday at 7 o'clock, it's kind of a jam session, and that's with Brian Hicks, Alyssa Murray, and Matt Leifer. A lot of great players stop by there. I'm at the Mutual Musicians Foundation a lot. I try to keep all my gigs on jeffshirley.net. Very cool. Jeff, hey, thank you for opening up about your new album, Point of the Story, about your life and music. I really appreciate it, man. 
Oh, thank you for having me, Joe. Thank you for what you do. I love the show. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Kansas City and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Jeff for his time, his music, and his stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.